Hello, and welcome back to the TwinCast. Today we'll be doing something a little bit different. We're going to be talking about two films, Ford v. Ferrari, 1917, in a double feature review. So Oliver, start us off with the plot synopsis of Ford v. Ferrari. Okay, so basically um, the company Ferrari, who builds really great cars, has been constantly winning the Le Mans 24-hour competition. And um, Ford wants to compete against Ferrari in this competition. So they enlist the help of Thomas Shelby and driver Ken Miles, who are two brilliant and um, intelligent people who are incredibly experienced with racing. And they work together to build a powerful car on a Ford engine. So the film kind of follows this underdog story of two brilliant men who have extremely different skill sets to try and build the best and the fastest car. So the plot, the basic plot seems extremely formulaic from a, from a, since it's all, it seems like all the other racing movies, but there are so many different elements and layers that come together to mesh in order to make probably one of the best films of last year. And also probably the most, one of the most crowd pleasing films in the last decade. So Oliver, what were some of the positives you thought in the film? I think one of the biggest positives in this film is some um, characterization. We got two incredibly memorable characters, and um, Ken Miles, played by Christian Bale, and Thomas Shelby, played by um, Matt Damon. So Ken Miles is more of a, he's more difficult to work with. He's very low-tempered. Mm-hmm. Um, he constantly has outbursts. And we have um, Thomas Shelby, who's kind of his friend. And Thomas Shelby is more mildly tempered. And he kind of fixes everything. So we get this really interesting dynamic between the two, in which Ken is, like, insulting people. And then Thomas is like, hey, he's just Ken, you know? You can't really get too mad at him. And then they have to work together to build a really great car and to achieve a goal. And I think the reason they work so well together is because they both have a passion. So they're... a passion for racing so they're able to put their differences aside to come together and defeat ferrari yeah um i would have to agree i also think the acting was superb in both films both matt damon and christian bale give some give some great performances and matt damon hasn't been this good in years his last great yeah. performance is probably in the martian he was superb on yeah. point Gave kind of this, had Texas charm, also being really mild-mannered and a really insightful character. While Ken Miles is this hothead, but he also has a great dynamic with his son, Noah Jupe, mm-hmm. who uh, Noah Jupe plays the son in the film. And they have this really sweet dynamic that makes Ken Miles a more likable character. While Thomas Shelby is kind of the brains of the operation, Ken Miles is kind of the brawn. He has perfected the racing game. And he yeah. understands cars like no other man. And because of this, each of the characters are flushed out. And we get this symbiotic relationship that both men need to work together in order for their the race goal goals to, yeah. to be achieved. Mm-hmm. I thought the acting was one of the big strong points of this film. I think those performances were a little bit underrated. They were overshadowed by the brilliant performance of Joaquin Phoenix. But both men gave great performances. And I think especially... Matt Damon was really good in this film. Yeah. He had an understated kind of performance. Ken Miles was a little bit more bombastic and loudmouth. He was a little bit more subtle and kept um, kind of his composure throughout the film. And I thought that was a really good performance and a really, really great film, I think, 
for this year. Oliver, can you also give us um, another positive of the film? Yeah, yeah. Another positive is the is the incredible production design. The film has a very um, unique atmosphere. That's kind of um, yeah, it's very unique for that time period, which was the nineteen sixties, I believe. Yes. Um, you really get the feeling that you're actually there. Mm-hmm. And also the sound design is also very um it's very very visual. noteworthy yeah yeah it's yeah. exhilarating it really especially is. yeah especially during the race scenes you really feel like the throttle and the different like whenever they complete a loop like you just you really feel it yeah you're exactly right oliver mm-hmm. this movie has some of the best racing scenes i've ever seen it is shot in such a beautiful way i do not know how they were able to pull it off the it's super visceral you hear the sounds you feel the cars i mean and there's not really any much of cgi besides maybe a couple of these really dangerous stunts everything is real and they're using real cars and the i'd say last 40 minutes of racing is pure gold ken miles has to battle through all these difficulties with the car and we also begin to as audience we begin to understand how dangerous Le Mans really is it is not a race for the faint of heart you are out there for 24 hours straight racing doing as many laps as possible and trying to win and it was it was extremely exhilarating James Mangold built up an atmosphere of tension it just exploded within the film and I really love that yeah I think that's yeah, that's one of um, yeah, that's one of James Mangold's like strengths. He's really able to build an atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like in Logan, we get that Logan and Three Ten to Yuma, we get that Western atmosphere. Yes, and you really feel immersed in that setting. And it's, said, he's really great at that. Did you have anything else to say? No. no. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the last thing I want to say: sound design was superb in this film. It was almost like heat for cars. You, in heat, you felt the bullets. You felt the cars. You felt the engine. You felt kind of the masterwork of this car just through the sound itself, which was, extru- was, which was awesome. And as an audience, it shot almost as if we're watching this happen in real time because a lot of it, it kind of shows us in an interesting way rather than – there are some shots of – 10 miles in the car but it's a lot of outside shots and tracking shots to kind of show us the race and kind of develops the 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 race setting in an extremely good way Oliver what were your thoughts on were there any other positives that were there any other positives you have for the film um I mean the story is pretty great it's and yeah it doesn't really slow down that much. It keeps up its pacing, even in the more dramatic scenes. And there are a lot of memorable side characters too, particularly, I actually really liked Ken Mouse's wife, mm-hmm. even though I don't remember her name. I still kind of remember like her personality a little bit. Yeah, the side characters are also structured really well. Yeah, so I think the writing of the film really um, lends itself because we also get Lee Iacocca, known for founding Chevy, as kind of this side character who wants to help Shelby and Miles, but is in sucking this. Also, talks a little bit about bureaucracy and how 
these two kind of geniuses and visionaries are bogged down by they aren't let given creative freedom which really hampers them the first time they're racing because they um what happens is they are the ford does not decide for them to win decides that ken miles should not drive so then mm -hmm. they lose and it really shows kind of the conflicts that the internal conflicts that they had between the two people and i really like that in the film it also had a poignant ending i would say it had a really nice ending so as you would expect in a racing film the ford would be victorious but no rather they get second place and to um what was it i mean i'm trying to remember in 1966 um the other one of the other ford cars won a technicality and because yeah, of this because he was miles, further back <laughs> yeah lost um they lost right and as an audience we feel kind of let down and we're really sad and really disheartened but we think that there is going to be another chance but what's really sad about the film is the ending where we find out that ken miles has died in a car crash and we see his son and then Matt Damon and his son share a really beautiful moment at the end, which I really thought was really interesting for James Mangold to choose this story. He didn't choose a movie that was all about fame and glory, but it was more about a friendship and building the best car and putting everything into something. And even if it might not pay off, it'll pay off emotionally. And I really love that about this film. It wasn't about winning so much as more about the experience of pushing no, yourself. No. Especially with how um, Christian Bale loses, it kind of shows that it's not just about getting the fame and, you know, winning the Le Mans, but it's also about kind of accomplishing something that, like, you know you did and kind of, like, resting with your family and that. That was, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. There were very few flaws in this movie. The pacing was great. I really can't think of anything that wasn't fantastic. Besides maybe one of the performances by the Ford CEO, he was not fantastic. But besides yeah, that, this film was excellent. Mm -hmm. And we'll give our scores at the end of the review. So, Oliver, let's transition to 1917. So directed by um, Sam Mendes, right? Directed by Sam Mendes and won several Golden Globes. So this, the basic plotting of the story follows two soldiers who are sent to deliver a message to a squadron of 1,700 men who are about to attack the German enemy. But inside the message, they're saying that they are going to lose the attack. So it's following these two soldiers who are, who are trying to give a message to a squadron 50 miles away. And it's just kind of time. There's a lot of pressure on them. And you can feel really the pressure of time in the film and it follows these two men on their adventures so oliver what were your basic thoughts on 1917 well i mean when i first came out of the theaters i thought it was pretty like good it wasn't perfect but then the more i dwelled on it the more i thought about it i realized that 1917 was kind of disappointing actually mm -hmm. yeah like, I walked in and I kind of expected something incredibly, like, fresh. But, like, the story was very basic. And um, there's a really big weakness in characterization, but we'll get there later. Yeah. But um, 
the only thing that was truly impressive and kind of innovative was a lot of the like the technical aspects the cinematography was pretty great yeah um the of course the one shot like almost gimmick was yeah. actually done really well you yeah. can't really tell any cuts except of course when they have to transition from There's day some... to night that's there are some cuts you can tell mm-hmm. but for the most part it's really difficult yeah to kind of see through the cuts but it was really impressive technically speaking yeah technically I, this is a... yeah I'll keep going all over. I saw like one or two cuts. It was, it was really cool, actually. But still, no. Yeah, this film technically is a masterpiece. Roger Deakins got a great job kind of cutting these scenes in, kind of splicing them together, really making it seem visceral, like it's a one-shot take. We got to see all different kind of camera movements that really accentuated the action. And Roger Deakins was able to keep everything really well in focus and kept a great tracking shot. And you can tell, there's some shadow cuts, you can kind of tell. But besides that, the film is put together beautifully. Sam Mendes made a technical choice to do this one-shot take, and I think it really paid off technically. Story-wise, I think many people were caught up in that gimmick, and there are some certainly some deep flaws within this film that we will get into later. But... Technically, this is a masterful film. Sound design is perfect, and the production looks really great as well. Also, um, one thing that I should, I think one thing that we should touch upon before we get into kind of the negatives is that um, 1917 had a really, like, it had a really careful attention to detail. Like, I think one of the, char- one of the main characters uses, like, a certain type of rifle, and he only fires a certain amount of shots in that entire movie. But it turns out that that rifle that he used can only fire, like, that many shots before reloading. So it's just this, like, attention of, to detail that really makes you feel like you're immersed in that um, environment. Like, you do actually feel that you're in, like, the trenches, especially, like, in the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. You just really feel like you're out there fighting in the front lines. Yeah. So I'm going to touch on the main negative of the film, and that is the story. The story is extremely basic. It's two men with no characterization whatsoever, no plot, and I don't even remember their names. They're so, the characters are so unmemorable. They're really boring, and they're not written well at all. They, they seem to, the way they act is also a little, it's, there's something wrong with the characters. I felt the writing was a little lazy because Sam Mendes believed he could, ride his fame on having the one take but if you look at it from a story perspective it's really poor and it does not work as well as some people thought it would so i thought that was a big problem of the film the other Mm. problem i had with the film was that the acting is really bad i'm sorry but the main two main actors are wooden at best they really have no emotion and one when the one of the main characters dies you, the audience feels no emotion because he's killed 20 minutes into the film with no characterization, and there's really no reason for us to care about this character. Yeah. And it was really annoying. People, it's not even sad. There was no emotion felt while watching that scene. Oliver, what are your I, thoughts on the lack of characterization? That, I think, honestly, the biggest problem with this movie is that it's a movie about World War I, which is a really, like, emotional time. 
and it's really something we should care about. But the characters are so like uncharacterized that it's really difficult to emphasize. I mean, of course, they're in a war zone. You do feel a certain level of like, oh, they're fighting for their lives, but it's really difficult to care about characters in which we know nothing about. Because really, the two characters, the two main characters are characterized so poorly that we actually pretty much know nothing about them. The only thing we know about the main character who survives is that he has a family. And I guess yeah, that twist was effective, but I mean, yeah. I really don't care. It's and only effective because we have like a basic human understanding of war, but it's not effective because of the story, which is like a deep, deep flaw. And let, me, let me give you a little comparison film. Dunkirk, that movie did not, had a lack of characterization as well, but the film was not bogged down by that. Because you could feel the emotion of each character. Each character through their actions. We didn't, know, we didn't really know any of the names of any of the characters besides Farron, the main character. But what we were able to do is through little actions throughout Dunkirk, we could see kind of, and we, got, we began to get a characterization of each character. For example, Tom Hardy's character, who also dies, at, uh, who also dies, he's the main character who also dies in this film. That is one of the most impactful scenes in a Nolan film because we actually understand his motivations and we understand his love for Britain and how he was willing. He knew he had no more gas in the tank, literally and figuratively. But what he decided to do was he decided to do the courageous thing and bomb the ships when knowing that he was going to get caught by the soldiers and has one of the most beautiful shots at the end of that film where the plane is burning and we see his backside and the guns with his hands on his side, guns to his head. It was so visceral. This film does not make any attempt to provide any characterization to these characters. And what's so weak about the film is that the story is told in such a basic way, which was really annoying to me. Because in Dunkirk, they tell the story non-chronologically, which was really smart and really provided the audience, as we got to see the intersection of three different land, boat, land, water, and air. And we saw the inter- intersection between all three of those. Oliver, your thoughts. And another big problem with um, 1917 is that if you really think about it, the characters don't go through pretty much anything. Like pretty much everything that happens is, just, is to just get the character to the next set piece, which was, you know, really well done by Roger Deakins. Like the cinematography is great, but nothing really happens in um, 1917. If you look at Dunkirk, like the characters, they kind of drop into the water. There's fire everywhere. They almost get burned, but they go through a lot and you can really emphasize with them because mm-hmm. they're actually suffering. But in 1917, the characters kind of just walk around. One of them dies, but we know nothing. So we can't really care. But the other character, he walks around, he runs around, um, he gets shot at. I think the one like good piece of characterization we did kind of get was when he helped the mother on the other side with that child but like all we know is that he's caring but that's kind of that's it that's all we get we still don't know much about him exactly yeah Oliver you hit it on the nose correctly there's basic we only get basic feelings because in Dunkirk we also get a feeling that our main character is not exactly the most courageous character out there every time he is on all he wants to do is escape 
So we kind of get this character who, unlike most characters in war films, he's not exactly patriotic. He's not a hero. He's just a man who does not want to be in war. And all he wants to do is escape these, these violent atrocities that are ha happening around him, which I thought was really smart. And 1917 had some of the weakest characterization I've seen in Oscar film in a long, long time. And I was unhappy with the way also the amount of exposition in this film was kind of absurd. You know what I mean, Oliver? Like yeah, the, just a lot of facts were thrown into our face, which was kind of annoying. Oliver, what were your final thoughts on 1917? And we'll both give our scores for both films. Yeah, I, I really wished that um, we got more characters because it was, it, um, the film provided a really interesting setting and it had so much potential to deliver incredibly like powerful and deep characters. But we basically got like plot devices. Mm -hmm. Like we have Colin Firth who's in this movie. He's basically used as exposition. We have mm -hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch. Actually, you know what? I liked his character a little bit mm -hmm. because like he's just a tired man, but he's like, he's a standout. We have Benedict Cumberbatch. He just kind of yells at the main character and then leaves. Yeah. Like they're like, I just considered the cast to be two people and then the rest are just cameos. Like that's how I saw it. Exactly. That's just so, how disappointing like the characters are. Well, what, yeah. what is your grade for Ford v Ferrari? I think I'd give it like a nine out of 10. Nine out of 10. Fantastic. I really liked it. Yeah, it was amazing. I am going to give it an 8.5. I loved it as well. It was probably the third or fourth best film of the year. And I Definitely. really dug it. Oliver, what was your, what was your score for 1917? Oh, that's going to be fun. Um, <laughs> it's really difficult because 1917 is a work of art. Like the technical aspects are pretty much perfect. If you look at the cinematography, like all the camera angles and stuff, there's really nothing to pick on. But the story is so weak. It's not terrible, but it's just incredibly lackluster. There's nothing really to take from it. Yes. And the characterization is, you know, as we just discussed. But yeah, yeah this is a hard movie to score. Maybe like a six, five, I don't know. I've decided I'm going to give it a seven. And I'll tell you I how I came to that fair. score. It's a 10 out of 10 on technical aspects. It's a 4 out of 10 on story-wise and character-wise. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. average those two scores for a 7. And I've decided yeah. that's what I'm going to give it. Oliver, thank you so much for being here. I think that's pretty fair. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to be starting next week our Christopher Nolan series. So stay tuned for that. And thank you.